Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. And I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. talking a lot today about actively moving forward and we've had the founder on our show Dr. David Fagenbaum and he is a good friend of ours and we are going to talk now about their director of programming Kiri Meyer and Kiri is a licensed child and family therapist uh, in Wisconsin and she is the director of programming as I said for actively moving forward and it's a healgrief.org program she is also the founder of Starbright Grief Guidance and has made her life's work to educate and advocate in the fields of grief and trauma. And she's no stranger to loss, mom, because she had a friend die in high school and has, has lost her grandparents as well. So welcome to the show, Kiri. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. The problem with grief and loss to start with in colleges, right? That's right. I mean, I think, you know, the statistics show in research that it's almost one in four college students are within their first year of bereavement. When we get to their second year of bereavement, it's almost up to 50% of college students experiencing bereavement. Experiencing wow. bereavement. So this is a huge kind of unspoken population. Um, so that is why we love to be able to be here to do the work we do. And talk about the work you're doing because when Heidi's brother was killed, she and her sister, Rebecca, were in college and uh, there was no support groups, were there, Hyde? No, there were no support groups when Scott died. I was 20 and my sister was 19. We were both 3,000 miles away at the University of Utah. We grew up in New York and none of our friends had ever had a brother die. And we, I felt so isolated and so alone. And I would have loved an, an AMF group to go to so that I could be with other people that had gone through the same thing. And, and that's the really hard part is that we know so many people with similar experiences that just say, I just really felt isolated. I wanted somebody to be able to connect with. And as wonderful as on-campus supports are, peer supports just have a different feel to them. And that's why we really focus on that peer support um, is because there's just, there's a different kind of relationship that you can count on from your peers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. peers have got the same kind of problems. I mean, particularly for people of college age, um, there are all sorts of, you know, what are you going to do about your tests? What are you going to do about people who want you to be fun like you were and go to parties? You know, all sorts of things. Right. And developmentally, too, you know, as we think about our, our brain development and our personality development, we really um, tend to to go towards our peers during this time in life. Those are the most important people in our world. And that's natural development, but it can be so hard when we feel like nobody understands it, nobody gets it, nobody's been through it. Um, that's horribly isolating for that, that level of development. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was interesting because as a 20 year old in college, I felt like I wanted to take a break from it sometimes, but I felt like people might be judging me if I did. So I, I felt like I was damned if I do, I damned if I don't, because like my mom said, I was in a sorority and I was like, they would always say, when, if you find Heidi, you'll find the party. And when Scott died, I wasn't that person. And they were like, after about two weeks, they were like, okay, Heidi, where's the fun Heidi? We don't like the new Heidi. 
And I was like, I'm not ready to be the fun Heidi. It's only been a couple of weeks. So it was really, really hard um, for people to understand what I've been through. Right. And truthfully, that's one of the reasons that we have the wonderful name that we do is because unfortunately we hear a lot of people say, aren't you over that yet? Or it's been, you know, however long we don't believe you actually move on or, you know, get over your grief, but we do believe that you can actively move forward in your grief journey, but grief stays with you. It grows and changes with you, which is the beautiful part of it, but you never just get over it. And that, so we, we try to kind of fight that misconception too, is like, oh, well, it's been a year. You should be over it. Or it's been a couple months. You should be over it. And that's really hard as we're trying to find out who we are as young adults as well is to think like, oh, this can't be part of who I am anymore because it's been so long. So how many actively moving forward groups do you have in the country? Yeah, so great question. Um, this, is, this is always a tricky question for me just because things are always growing and changing and moving around. Um, we have about 38 right now at the end of the semester, but uh, truthfully, it really depends on the week because we have people starting up different chapters, um, giving us inquiries, things like that, and we're actually starting up community chapters now. So we'll have a, an influx of things coming in from there as well because we know not all young adults go to college. Um, so we want to be young adults um, who are out in the working world. We want to give them the same outlet that college students can have with AMF. We ask that you contact us through the Heal Grief website. Um, the reason we don't have a list sitting out is because one of the things we fear is that, you know, if you are really having a hard grief day and you see that there's not already something listed, you may just go, Oh, oh well. And we never want that to happen. We always want you to be able to feel supported. So we here at National will answer every inquiry that comes in and we will help you find the right kind of support for you. Um, so yes, we are always looking for people to build chapters or join chapters um, around the US. So we are happy to give people that information or find whatever's closest to them. Um, and you know, it is a commitment only because it it's really kind of, we have two tiers to our chapters. There's the peer-led grief support group, and then there is kind of a service component to it. So giving back in honor of the people who have died. Um, but we do know people say, you know, yeah, it was worth getting it set up, but man, the return on it when I actually had a community of support to go to was totally worth it. What do you see as the major problems for people who are in these age groups? Yeah, there are quite a few, unfortunately. So one of them that I think is really important right now is how our society is um, allowing us or um, <laughs> enabling us to become busy all the time. And this I am finding is really hard to start implementing self-care when we're told that uh, we have to go to school or work or both. Um, we have to have internships. We have to take care of ourselves and maybe other people. There are so many things that we pile on top that self-care is usually last on the list. And that our grief journey is when we need it most. We need that self-compassion. We need that self-care. And what I'm hearing from young adults is I don't have time. And I'm also hearing, I don't have time for a support group. And then so we try to say, hey, 
let's work this in, let's figure out how to make it work for your life. So you don't have to try to stop everything around you, but it, we can incorporate this support because we need, we as a community need to be able to support each other. But just the kind of the over glorification of busy is hitting millennials and Gen Zers so hard. It's, it's really hard. And, and how about social media in connection with all this? I think that can be a double-edged sword, truthfully. Um, I think there are ways that we can connect with each other with social media um, that we may not have been able to before. So I know some people are putting up you know, memorials on Facebook and things like that, and they're able to hear from people um, and maybe connect through that. You know, We're thinking of your family, things like that, where people may have been uncomfortable doing that in a face-to-face -face situation. They now have an outlet to do that through. Um, that's what we love about Heal Grief, the virtual candle, um, the memorials, is that gives another opportunity for people to show support. But I do think it is also a way to avoid the face-to-face -face conversations, um, which is not helpful for the individuals who are grieving because that's something that we need. Social media is not enough. Virtual stuff is not enough. We need the face-to-face. -face. That's it just as humans. Do you meet on campus with the, with this college students or are you meeting off campus? So um, all the campuses, the campus chapters, they do meet on campus usually, um, but the interesting thing about our chapters is we find our young adults are saying we don't want to sit in a room and just stare at each other and talk. We want to do things because one of the things they say is it's hard to get out and do things, especially by myself. So having this built, this community built in is a great way to some of them go on hikes. Some of them will just go out to dinner. Some will go to a yoga class altogether. Um, some will go to an ice cream shop and then take a walk or somebody might bring their dog and have a little like unofficial pet therapy session. So they usually go out and do something. They are literally actively moving forward together um, by creating a community where it's not just let's sit and talk about grief. Grief just comes up naturally because we know this is a safe place to talk about it but we're also rock climbing or whatever it may be. So totally depends. Sometimes we'll have a movie night where they're just ordering pizza and, you know, project it up on a screen and just watch a movie together. So it totally depends. We try to give them autonomy because we know that every place will have its own culture. We want them to do what's best for them. Um, so that's kind of a yes and a no. <laughs> How often do they meet? Once a month? So there are some chapters who want to meet every week. There are some chapters who will meet once a month. They really keep in touch with each other through like a group me app or you know, different things where they're able to have constant communication should they want and or need it, um, that, that peer support, um, but they'll really figure out what works best in their schedules. I, I like this a lot. And I know that you earlier said that you had a friend that died in high school. I did, yes. And did you get support after her death or no? So I had a wonderful support system with my friends and my family. And um, I actually was able to get a bench, um, you know, named in her honor and get a plaque and everything. And, and that is what, you know, really led me to like the service aspect of, of AMF is there are so many different ways that we can grieve and we can express ourselves. And for me, that was really important. And, you know, I think played into all of this and, so yeah, I was luck luckily very well supported in my grief. Well, I was going to ask you about the service component of AMF. So, so it, do you give people ideas of how they can serve or do you give them jobs? I mean, how does that, what does that look like? So we definitely give them ideas, but what we say to them is 
figure out within your group what people want to do to honor their people who've died. We've had people do book drives, uh, food drives. We've had um, somebody did a yoga-thon um, to honor her mom. Um, we've had so many different things, but they are all really connected to the person who has died. And that's when we know it means the most to them. So instead of just saying, you need to do X, Y, Z, uh, we know that they're going to put their heart and soul into it if it really has an impact on uh, th themselves and the person who's died. And, and how long after the death do people usually get involved with AMF? Yeah, we do not judge anyone's grief. So we've had people who, as you said, you know, 10 years ago, we've had people who say it's been less than a year. Um, we say if you are grieving, if you're a young adult and you're grieving, you're welcome. There have been quite a few different ways that people have found us, um, whether it has been from a campus professional uh, who is a grief advocate and an AMF advocate. Definitely Google. We get a lot of uh, people say, I Googled college student grief, and this is the only thing that popped up. And we're like, well, we're glad we're here. Um, and then people just hearing from friends or family members um, or other professionals out in the world. Well, I love what you're doing, and I want to uh, thank you for being on the show. And I would like you to give your contact information, because I know there are people who are going to be listening to this that have know somebody that would like to see a group start or find a group or know somebody who's had a loss? The first um, option that you have is to go to healgrief.org. Uh, there is a informational, um, like an inquiry section that you can always put an inquiry in. Those come directly to me, so I'm happy to answer those. Or if you'd like to, again, get me in a different way directly, uh, my email is kiri, it's K-I-R-I dash A-M-F at healgrief.org. And I'm always happy to answer whatever questions people may have. Oh, thank you, Kiri, and thanks so much for being on the show and for all the great work you're doing, and give David a hello from us. Wonderful, and thank you both for helping us to talk about actively moving forward and heal grief. Yes, thanks so much, Kiri, for all the work that you're doing and for being there for students and young adults and the community and in college. I wish you had been there when, when my brother died. I wish we would have, too. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.